0: Bloody Elbow presents the sixth round post-fight show, which gives you an event rundown and full analysis of the bouts that took place on the current weekend's UFC event, complete with hot takes, possible next fights, and reactions to the overall card. Paid Bloody Elbow Podcast Substack subscribers will hear bonus content, if available, at the end of the broadcast. Be sure to subscribe at bloodyelbow.substack.com for our newsletter, and at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com for our podcast network. Follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Bloody Elbow blog, and as always on Bloody Thanks for listening. Here are your Bloody Elbow fight analysts. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the sixth round post
1: fight show with me, Zane Time, and my co host, as always, Eddie Mercado. We're coming to you all just from the end of UFC 293 going down in Sydney, Australia, and like. What the hell, man? <laughs>
2: Where do we even begin? So much, so many weird things happened on this card. Um, the weirdest might have been the main event. Oh, Sean Strickland is the UFC's middleweight champion.
1: And I, I mean, look, I won't deny it. I went into the, the fight picks, the staff picks this week. I'm like, I think we are gonna see. Sean Strickland gets shown up. Went on the Vivi. I'm like, I I think Izzy's gonna, he's gonna start on the back foot. Strickland's gonna start on the front foot. No doubt about that. We know that's how these guys, what they're gonna do. Izzy's gonna he's gonna start making him think twice with feints, start busting him up with some counters, and Strickland is gonna start getting forced onto the back foot himself. And that just never happened never even came close to happening, really.
2: Not even, no, I mean, you have to credit Strickland. His defense was impregnable. It was. his (laughs) uh, The pressure, it was just, it was so constant, persistent, the way he commanded the cage.
1: I mean, he owned every minute of that fight, every single minute. I didn't think he would have the the footwork to cut Izzy off. I mean, Izzy was able to circle as much as he wanted, really, but... The thing was just—it was the insistence, and Adesanya. I—I I don't, you know, I don't know if there was something. I'm not. I'm—I'm going to assume that there was nothing wrong with him, nothing going on in this camp or whatever. He could not. Whenever he pressured, Strickland was not. Like he wasn't done ready with a counter. He, he would start like going all wild with his hands and like getting out of position. And it was like, here it is, Izzy, you go forward and you have the opportunity to take the fight to this man. It's right there, but he could only go forward for like, you know, five, 10, 15 seconds at a time. And the other four and a half minutes of the round, it was all Sean Strickland had no qualms about marching Izzy down the entire time.
2: Yeah, um, and maybe part of it was the fact that Strickland dropped Izzy and was finishing yeah, there in yeah. the first round. After that, that you know, once bit, bitten, twice shy. So yeah, I, I, you know, I think. Uh, and another thing is, Izzy only tried to kickbox. I don't think he threw yeah. a single elbow. I didn't see a single knee.
0: Uh, not a no flinch of offense
2: at all. Yeah, nothing. It was just he nothing. was just kind of kickbox from range, and it was very, very odd. Strickland it really was. the best Sean Strickland fight I've ever seen.
1: Oh yeah, he he fought a perfect fight. You can't take anything away from him. Um, you know, he, I I'm not going to ding his performance out there at all. He he was absolutely insistent. He was sharp with his hands. He was good on it. He was sharp on his defense. He was always keeping his eyes open. I mean, that's always been something Strickland's great at. You know, he might, his defense has some funk to it, but he's always dialed in on what his opponent's doing. He's always watching, always ready to react, and never shying away, never, you know, never getting his head out of position to see what, what his opponent's throwing at him it was a great, it was a great fight for him, but it really was like, easy did not show up. He, he showed up with a fight that, it, you know, you're on your back foot and you're throwing less than Sean Strickland the whole time. You're, You're not gonna win that fight, like.
2: Well, it didn't. It didn't look like the Izzy that just knocked out Alex Pereira. That's for sure. No, no. It's. uh, Yeah, it's hard when you see, but maybe it's a stylistic thing.
1: It could be. It could be. Honestly, like I can't. I'm. I'm not gonna make any excuses. That it's like, oh, I say, I, I don't know. I'm not gonna say Izzy was injured or anything. He just, and he's had fights like you know he barely scraped by that Yoel Romero fight with hardly throwing anything against Yoel Romero. And he's had other fights where he has just kind of barely scraped by, has not looked comfortable, has not looked confident. This is one of those fights. It is a type of fight Adesanya has. It's just not the fight you would expect Against Sean Strickland. And it could be simply that Strickland hurt him because I think, you know, I would have to assume that Izzy came into this fight thinking that if nothing else, Sean Strickland absolutely cannot hurt me. He's not, he doesn't, he hasn't, you know, I mean, not like yeah, something wild couldn't happen, but just that, like, this is not the worry I have here. It's not Alex Pereira. It's not Joel Romero.
2: I think Izzy thought, like most of us thought, that. Strickland was going to look like he did against Pereira and that wasn't the case. I think it's fair to say that Strickland is, is noticeably better defensively, all around put together, more composed than when he fought Pereira. He's just not walking in crazy and even the way he holds his hands, like it's he's more tight with everything now. He's not yeah. so reachy as he used to be. He still reaches but there there are a lot shorter reaches now.
1: Yeah, he, you know, I, I'm willing to say he, he looked tighter, but it's also just, yeah, Adesanya, like, he kept throwing that right hand that would just get parried off, like, the looping right that would get parried off by Strickland's left every time, and it's just like, there's no uppercut. You you jab the body, like, three times in the whole fight. Like, you're you're just not going to anything else other than something that, strickland has shown over and over he can defend it you know it was a it was a really weird limited limited performance from from adesanya and and it it wasn't like
2: a nuts and bolts performance like he is he didn't come out looking to pump a bunch of jabs and throw a bunch of crosses it's like from jump street he's trying to be super clever out there and and you know catch an early head kick like he kept going for the head kick and he just wasn't able to set a single thing up yeah nothing sean didn't get didn't get sloppy enough for him to capitalize like he wasn't a fool out there he wasn't able to just catch him being sloppy and yeah
1: it was um yeah it was it was a great fight from strickland and it uh yeah it's it's wild to think like I mean <laughs> the biggest thing I saw you to know, somebody in our in our comments right now and uh saying like, you know, uh here. i all, all credit to Sean Strickland but our dimensions being a long reign. One of the things I've been seeing a lot on our uh on Twitter and stuff is people saying did Drecas de Plessis just become the best middleweight in the world. Cause <laughs> it is like, I mean, it this it, it is a shocking shocking upset result results and well, the
2: answer to that is no drickus did not no he who, did not who did is alex Pereira. <laughs> <laughs> he is he is now the best middleweight in the world once again
1: yeah i don't know i mean that is the thing too of all the talk like you know izzy and dana white and eugene Behrman were getting into this whole like Oh, I don't think, I don't know if Drikus is going to have next or, you know, all that kind of stuff. And talk like, you got to think that, I mean, like, I don't know, like, I don't see how you give Izzy an instant rematch off of this, you know? You think he gets one?
2: Man, I don't even know if he wants one. Not right away. Like, he's yeah. been fighting a lot lately yeah maybe he needs some time away. um but I don't see any reason why he couldn't
1: like why not? he just he didn't he lost f- four out of five rounds. This isn't like a oh, he kinda he he, he barely lost it was a sneaker and oh my it was yeah, you, but, know, like, you
2: know in terms of merit, sure, but in terms of what's the biggest fight?
1: I mean yeah I mean yeah if the UFC is going to try and book the biggest fight then the, then, then the biggest fight is it involves Israel Adesanya still right now um but I I don't know I th- I think they're going to th- I think that that Dreykus us fight probably just got booked would be my guess
2: sure that's what I would rather see if not that I'd rather see the Pereira rematch and then the Izzy, and but, then Jerry Canineer. You
1: know. Yeah, I don't think the Pereira fight's ever gonna happen again. He and Strickland are two, you know, they're they're buddies now. Mm, yeah, here? maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. fair. And Pereira's out on Twitter cheering him on, being like, "I told you guys he was gonna win." yada, 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 yada you know, like, yeah. I think sure. I think that, that's probably sewn up. So I think if we're getting anything next, it's either gonna be a rematch or I think we we'll get that, that Ricus fight. That fight just just got booked. So yeah, I, I am I am shook. I am shocked. Mm-hmm. I am baffled and
2: surprised some some poor soul bet like 200 and some odd thousand
1: on izzy just to win 30 grand i think drake bet like 100 for half a million on izzy i think i saw oh god that's why he lost
2: yeah (laughs) the curse is on again
1: god damn it drake they like a teenager. You could hit on oh, or something. What, what are you if doing also, we on? We
2: didn't us? even mention this because what had the ending, the outcome was so crazy. This fight sucked.
1: The, yeah. This
2: was it, not a good fight. This. <laughs> no,
1: it it really, it really was not. I mean, it was Strickland. Yeah, he, we got like we got that amazing moment in round one, which was a round he largely lost. Sure. Otherwise, he was losing that round to Adesanya before he hit that huge shot and then landed that huge flurry. Uh, and then we had like the fight that we thought we were going to get for most of this in round two, where Izzy just kind of skated away, picked him apart, and you're waiting for when does the moment that he lands something big enough where Strickland has to like start rethinking things and all that. And then after that, it just slowly, Izzy just kind of crumbled back into himself. He didn't, you know, Strickland kept his fight on him, kept pecking at him, working the jab cross. I mean, I think Laura Sanko said it best that, you know, Sean Strickland is going out and winning the middleweight title with a jab and a a cross. Just with a one and a two, and that's it. And Fundamentals. Yeah, Izzy didn't bring fundamental,
2: and that's what I mean. I think he, yeah. in his heart, believed he was going to just set up a knockout shot. Yeah, like Pereira did, catch him, catch him being sloppy and kicking him in the head. But I just, Sean was not as sloppy as a lot of people anticipated.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you know, maybe this is—is is this our like, uh, you know, our Juliana Pena versus uh, Amanda Nunes moment?
2: Fuck no! This is uh, Michael Bisbing Luke Rockhold, just without. We almost. Yeah. It was like if Sean finished in the first, that was it. But this is close enough for me.
1: Yeah, the parallel was there. Either way, it is it is a shocking result, and you know what? I gotta say too, like I, I know the dude is. At least very at least very performatively, maybe privately too, but at least a very big performative asshole but you do kind of just a little bit love to see it for Sean Strickland, like he was so mm-hmm. absolutely overwhelmed by the like the awe of that moment and the gratitude and like for a dude who came from what he came from. All credit to him, man. Like,
2: oh, it's a, it's a, it's an amazing story. Like, what an amazing story. Yeah, you know, the motorcycle accident, the whole nine.
1: Yeah, like, and he, I mean, he's just mis- he's missing part of his knee, and, and two for a dude who not only came for that, but like, you know, jumped into MMA real young with some real basic MMA training, where. It's not like Sean Strickland was like, you know, he came up through the ranks as this like, oh, you know, he was an amazing wrestler, though, despite his hard life. Or, oh, he was he was a gold gloves boxer or something or a great kickboxer. And he really, you know, excelled in another sport and jumped over to MMA. And, yeah, he had a hard luck life. But, you know, it's not Charles Oliveira where Charles Oliveira came from nothing. But you're like, man, this dude is a BJJ monster. Even mm-hmm. even in his bad days. Mm-hmm. Even even in his worst fights, he was always a beast. This is like Strickland came up as a grinder, That's as a, a dude that most it's a
2: people, Rocky story.
1: Yeah. Most people were like, Yes, yeah, guys, you know, he's a little bit better than a journeyman because he's so tough and he's so dogged and he's making it to the UFC. And we're all like, Oh my god, he climbed into the top fifteen, kinda top ten. That's you know. Like, that's impressive. And for him to become champ, like, it, that is damned impressive.
2: It's really a testament to the just the benefits of sparring. I hate to say yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Getting, getting that kind of just live action.
1: Dude spars hard all the time. And you can tell, like, he is, that's what shows up in a fight like that is that, like, he is so used to getting. Hard rounds in all the time that there's no point in a fight like that where he's gonna be like, ah, you know what? I've had enough, you know.
2: So yeah, oh yeah. He's a, he's not gonna take a backward step. No, he just comes forward. And if you can't get respect or knock him out, yeah, you won't have a long night.
1: So damn, a hell of a a hell of a win for Sean Strickland. Be a wild ride with that belt, I tell you. I mean, warm, warm, warm up the servers because it's gonna be <laughs> wild interviews for the next year, next five years. Because you know, once you become you, once you become UFC champ, like we're never gonna stop hearing from this dude. You know?
2: Oh, he's he's made history. He's in the yeah. history books now yeah you know he's he's done it he's cemented his legacy. he's got a legacy now yep john strickland legacy yeah we're talking about it's not like even a just a subaru Fame, legacy he, he might be a future holiday. <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean we don't know oh man silva's record <sighs>
1: <laughs> all right i i don't know i i'm still recovering
2: yeah definitely <sighs> a big shock
1: Big shock. All right. Let, let's jump over to the co-main, which was the least shocking thing, I gotta say. Alexander Volkov tied to Ivasa. Nah, you can't say least
2: shocking. Come on now. I
1: mean, I was... Volkov hit a Ezekiel. Choke. Okay, he hit an Ezekiel. That was, that was surprising. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, that was surprising. Shout out to the boa constrictor. Yeah, um... But it was such a, like, set-up fight from the look of it. It's just like, man, Tai Ivasa, like, Volkov is so tough to put away. So ridiculously durable. And Tai Ivasa is one of those fighters where you're like, here's insane violence for 30 seconds. Here are all the wheels falling off at high speed with a car that is going 90 down the highway. You know, he... You can't you can't be as self-destructive as Tai Tuivasa is against somebody like Volkov, who is just never gonna go away.
2: And is really well put together. Yeah. Really well put together.
1: But it was a great fight. It was it, was, it was a lot Ty of fun. Yeah. He tried. Yeah, he, he had that low kick. That was really nice to see him lean on that. Cause it was otherwise the big problem the big thing that stuck out to me, which I don't know if it had really stuck out to me as much. In other previous fights before this one, was how much Tai Tuivasa's game takes place nose to nose. Like, with somebody so much taller than him who fights long, like Volkov does, like Tuivasa could get in the pocket against Volkov, and he was still short arming hooks because his striking style is so like we are right here together throwing those pun- those short punches. And Volkov. It was just like there is so much punishment you have to get through to get that close to Volkov. Mm -hmm. He landed one big right hook at one point and he had to like stumble on one leg and turn and like miss two shots to land that one shot. And it's just like, how can you do you can't do that over and over again to land one right hand every other time? You're getting tuned up all the way in.
2: Yeah, that's exhausting at heavyweight. That's exhausting. Um it was fun though for it life. was a hell of a lot of fun <laughs> definitely fun um yeah you know, Ty man he's he's like someone who would have really benefited from like a, a just a well I guess everybody would benefit from a, some fundamentals but he's just a banger man and you yep. can't teach an old dog new tricks
1: he he is the definition of a fan favorite action fighter keep him around forever he's gonna be in the middle of kind of heavyweight so that means he'll always be able to run like three or four huge knockouts in a row together suddenly and you're gonna be like oh yeah tie to border of top five and then you'll get somebody like volkov or gone or whatever to slam the door again and... but i don't even know why this fight was booked honestly. yeah that's what i'm saying it's... what was that about I mean it's just Volkov has fought everybody and the, they both fought like almost everybody in the top ten.
2: And I know it's hard for Volkov to get booked. Yeah. But Ty man, like he's he's going Yeah, be, the, his last three fights, like that's that's some stiff competition. Can we give him a softball?
1: Yeah, you know he, I mean? needs, he needs to step know, back.
2: Where's uh, Augusto Sakai or something? <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's let's get yeah. I can't believe they did that to him at home.
1: <laughs> no, no. It like I said. I thought from the outside. I was just like, "This is, this is not a nice booking for Tai Tuivasa." I don't, I don't see a way through this one.
2: Well, I, I did. I mean, I, I picked, I picked Bam Bam. Oh, you, you crazy man!
1: Well, I just,
2: I figured that the chaos was going to be enough for Volkov to get caught. I thought he was going to catch him.
1: No, Tom Aspinall got the club and sub. We got Derek Lewis had to go through basically 15 minutes of getting absolutely tuned up to land one shot. And Minikov TKO'd him in a very like early call TKO back in Bellator where it's like, okay, he was still moving and still fine. He was trapped, but you know. Still conscious, TKO. And otherwise, Volkov is just, he's taken a hell of a beating from all sorts of fighters, you know?
2: Yeah, but this was like the first banger since Derek Lewis that he really fought. Like, he wasn't fighting
1: guys who just banged. I, mean, you know I mean, okay, but Jared, Jared, you know, Rosenstreich hits hard.
2: Yeah, sure. He's not a, they all hit hard, Zane. I know. That's what are talking about?
1: He's not a but, banger. He's not okay. I'm just saying, Volkov's chin is legit. Like sure, that dude.
2: Sure. Yes. Hundred percent legit. But this is heavyweight, and Tai Tuivasa yeah. throws everything into every he strike.
1: He wow. does. I I, I I applaud your bravery. It was a bold pick.
2: Hey. Right. Nothing ventured,
1: nothing gained. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but how about that Ezekiel choke from that, that was out? beautiful, and and the and the fact that he learned it from Alexey Lainik, right. that's even better. That like, <laughs> you know, he's like twenty years ago. Alexey Lainik taught me this choke. I'm using it here today. Still gonna work. Like these these types of ways don't know how to. <laughs> The worst thing is that it had to happen right as DC is like, no, you can tell that Tai Tzuva's grappling game has improved a little, and you know he's like, you know he's been working, and he's, he's doing, and it. it's like, man, he is getting, he is getting swamped on the mats.
2: You he might, might... Do some some correct things. He was fighting the hips, but I, I he didn't respect the choke at all. He didn't believe in it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know, he didn't know it was. It was it was the, the continuum of heavyweight grappling where it's like, yeah, okay, it's improved a little, but that is not the point to be making right now because this man is about to get, to lose this fight very badly by getting out grappled. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I don't think yeah. I've ever seen a no gee Ezekiel choke outside of the heavyweight division.
1: No, no, no. It's like it, it only. It, anywhere. It is, definitely a, a, it is definitely a move that only exists above a certain BMI. Right. Like, <laughs> that's the qualifier for the Ezekiel, for the Nogi Ezekiel. All right. Uh, that, speaking of which, well, that, actually that brings us to a flyweight bout, manal Cop, Felipe Dos Santos. And this is this is a lesson fight why, if you've got the ranking, you don't take the unranked fights, you just don't do it. Don't fight that new guy that nobody knows or cares about. I mean, MonoCop still won, but this was a brutal, brutal fight to for to, to get. I mean, he okay, two people gave it a 29-28. They gave dosantos around. A little charitable in my book, but sure. Even winning like a 30-27 across all rounds this is just a brutal fight and dos santos like that that is a young man's durability you know oh i mean uh, a young man's exuberance
2: to just yeah uh, fuck it i'm new here but i don't care i'm a shoot box guy i'm gonna come in and just throw and he answered the call respect yeah he showed up oh no
1: he showed up
2: did not shy away at all um and I think Cop just, you know, he was supposed to fight Kai Care France, so he wasn't about to pull out and not get a paycheck.
1: So no. you kind
2: of gotta take what you what they offer you.
1: He's he's missed like five of his last six fights or something due yeah, to various eat. injury problems, drug testing problems. But to your
2: to your point, um that was the hardest 3027 I've ever
1: seen. Yeah, right. <laughs> not just an
2: easy fight at all.
1: Credit to Dos Santos cuz he hung tough in everything and what he did is I think what you got to do in that position if you've got the kind of durability that he he obviously has with him. I mean obviously defense is a real thing you should do in that position but you know if you if you don't have the defense, you're young, you're inexperienced, you're going in there, you're just used to bulldozing people. If he made sure he was every time he could be, he tried to be last. And that's you know, like that's what you got to do. Is yeah, you've got cop dipping in there and throwing like two huge shots on you. If you can throw a knee up the middle, if you can throw an elbow in there, as he's got, dropping out of the pocket, whatever you can do to put one strike on the end of that combination or that exchange, he would do it. And sometimes it landed, and when it landed, it shook cop up a little. So,
2: ain't throw the flying knees, yeah. He went for it. He tried. Yeah. He was uh just facing, you know, a world-class elite top of the food chain fighter.
1: Yeah. And- great, great. I mean, as long as his durability shows up, keeps showing up like that, and assuming that over time some defense comes with it, you know, that's that's a bright future for a kid to see somebody going three rounds like that and then at the end of it still like throwing down climbing the cage yelling being pumped up not being defeated at all like you don't want to see your young fighters get thrown way into the deep end before they can swim but if they're gonna you want to see them come out with all their confidence intact you know
2: oh yeah absolutely that's a, that's an excellent point you know definitely didn't seem discouraged at all and he yeah. i think he earned everybody's respect you know yeah. everyone's like that was a top 15 performance out of him in yeah. your UFC debut. You're 22 years old,
1: yeah. He's like got a record of like seven and oh, six and oh, or something.
2: That's that's uh, and that's the thing. If you're gonna lose early, lose to the elite,
1: yeah, yeah. Nobody's gonna look at that loss and be like, oh, well, he lost to Mono Cop. you know. You're gonna be like, ah, yeah, no, he put on a hell of a good fight, and you know, five years yeah. from now, yeah. where's he yeah. at? It's you know? like.
2: You know how you know people will say how a fight ages well. Well, this one was just yeah. born well. This yeah. fight was just yeah. born well. Like what a what an excellent entry! Like you get your foot, and it's all because I think he had a contender series fight, and that got canceled yeah. for some reason, and so that's how he got the call up. It's like man,
1: yeah. Like, <laughs> that's why too. I feel like I I I'll keep saying. Don't you use, use the contender series for guys like like Chepe Mariscal, veterans who had don't have a pretty record, but really could use a shot at the show, you know, who've put in their time and you're like, oh, you're 30 and you're like 16 and 8, but now everything's clicking, and here's your chance to, to, to show it up for like a prospect like this, just just sign them, you know. You don't yeah. need to. You don't need to be putting this kid through contender series. But
2: if it, it'll boost your contender series ratings a little bit, yeah, like, yeah. Know,
1: no, I know. get why they do it, yeah. but
2: but I, I think the contender series is also an excellent platform for guys who are top prospects but um come from a different discipline, like Bo Nickel, right? Sure. You don't want to sure. just throw him into the UFC, so send yeah. him through a couple of contender series fights.
1: I think it's that. also a good it is a good stage for that where you've got somebody who you need you want to see them get you know, even if you're just setting them up with fights they should win, you wanna set them up for two or three fights at all and just to like see what their skills are, see how see how they can fight, whatever.
2: Speaking of contender series, <laughs> Sean O'Malley is the champion of the Bantamweight division in the US. I know. I
1: know I'm I
2: happy for him. I picked him to win, I'm excited. Great. So during this UFC 293 broadcast, they pan to the crowd and Aljo's in attendance. Aljamain Sterling, he holds up his cell phone with a note written on it that said, Sean, rematch? question mark Cringe. Super cringe, right? M- minutes, hours go by. Sean O'Malley gets on Twitter and posts a picture with his cell phone and he wrote on the screen, no. And he's just smiling. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah uh, okay we also do have somebody that comes kind of mentioning we're not going to talk about cop's legendary charm but yeah no this uh, yeah. was oh uh, what happened God. zane um uh, look a couple of fighters man of cop uh charlie radke i don't know did like sean strickland sean was so nice and so composed for his post-fight speech Really respectful. He was. I feel like people just saw him on the card and they're like, man, I'm gonna go for it. Tonight's the <laughs> night. Uh we'll go for what, Zane? Go go for saying some very homophobic slurs that I will not be repeating. I think that you know, I, I think Mono Cop still wants to fight Kai Kara France though. I get the feeling that's that's still a fight that he's interested in.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think he's legitimately upset with him for pulling out. He threw a can, yeah. him, a can of soda, or yeah, no, he,
1: he, he for and, and uh, like Karl Franz got a concussion. What's he supposed to do? I, you yeah. know, model Cop. I gotta say, every time, every time he talks outside of the cage, he kind of comes off like an idiot.
2: But well, he's fighting. Yeah, you know? this is no. <laughs>
1: I, I like. I am not going to be the 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 personality and like. Oh, I I need to love your personality to enjoy you as a fighter. I got. I'm excited enough by the the work cop does in the cage. And my my mantra has become mostly if you're not an active criminal, I just don't care that much.
2: Yeah, I mean, you gotta sometimes separate the art from the artist. You know, uh, the art that they make, but. Not necessarily the artists
1: themselves, oh, that's you, fine. you gotta yeah, you gotta have some there's there's a serious divide to have in this sport, unfortunately, but that aside, I'm not gonna spend all my night talking about that. I am mm-hmm. gonna talk about Justin taffa Austin Lane though yeah. because you know Lane got a chance to reach out and poke the eyes of God in that fight, you know. <laughs>
2: Happened again in this one,
1: right? Dude, right just This is this was he, is.
2: He was tra- Was he training with John Jones for this or something?
1: I mean, this is why. This is the bad part of Contender Series. Is like, you just go out and when you sign these to 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 take a term for me. When you sign these these fucking Bobos. <laughs> Like <laughs> you get, like you just get this kind of shit. Like often, Lane cannot strike at a level, and we can't. He can't punch. He's not comfortable enough in a kickboxing exchange, at a level to be in reasonable exchanges at a high level. That's what it is. I'm okay like, with that. <laughs> I, hey, you gotta yeah.
2: feed the monkey.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just you get you when you get guys like that, you're gonna get you're gonna get the eye pokes, you're gonna get the head butts, you're gonna get the like, you're gonna you get know,
2: crazy knockouts.
1: You're gonna get crazy knockouts too, but you're also gonna get the gouging. You're gonna get the slop. You're gonna get the, you know, the wild like eye raking and fish hooking and desperation stuff because people are. It's uh when, when they're like know, that, I they're scared. The,
2: the, I call it like spastic white belt syndrome. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're just not comfortable yet. They don't know yeah. what they're doing and it's it's uh it's more instinctual what's going on with them. It's not a yep. ingrained technical, you know, mindset or anything. So. Yeah.
1: So I uh yeah, the moment Taffa got fi- got past those huge kicks that Lane was throwing, he just crushed him. So You know, good yeah. on Taffa. He gets yeah. the revenge he needed.
2: Mike Hunt he's uh man he's fun dude him and his brother we know what they come to do it's no surprise and uh yeah i think him getting poked in the eye really pissed him off
0: (laughs) yeah he was really
2: pissed off about that robbed him of a win bonus last time um so he got to come out show out and showed up
1: yeah yeah good performance um doesn't really set top up for anything special. He's still just kind of a guy mucking around in the bottom half of the heavyweight division, but it's good to see him get, get a win off of that bad. eye poke off last time. And at least every time he does win, it's a, it's a thrill. So stick him in there with, you know, for another fun fight, somebody like Martin Boudet or uh, Carl Williams or something like that, you know, see what he can make happen.
2: Yeah. Anybody, anybody. Anyone, any one of those heavyweights you were just talking about that are all yeah. spasticy and white beltish?
1: Yeah. All right, so that brings us to a light heavyweight bout, and this was very much a fighting for your job fight. Tyson Pedro, Anton Turcali.
2: the Pleasure Man. The
1: like was saying on the vivisection, section. It's they, they call him the Pleasure Man because he doesn't know how to bring pain like this. It's nothing that man does well enough or violent enough to be a hurtful fighter. It's the only pleasure, man, you know. <laughs> like if yeah. Tyson Pedro had won, had lost this fight, that would have been so sad.
2: Sure. Sure. Um I thought his trash talk was kind of
1: okay. Yeah, it, it he could bring some. He can bring some verbal, pa- some verbal pain. Yeah. Some, some feet some hurt mindos, feelings.
2: You know? Yeah. yeah, he'll hurt some feelings. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be a meanie. Yeah. Know? No. <laughs> um, but honestly, uh, Pedro, you know, he was very patient. He picked his shots, saw his openings. Um, when he had Anton hurt, he didn't go wild. He yeah. backed up. Waited for his openings again, took them, and then put on, in my opinion, the very best post-fight celebration I've ever seen in my entire life. With that samurai, you you do the swipe, you clean the blood off the sword, and you put it away. Fucking epic! That was fucking epic. And then you bow, like epic. epic.
1: Yeah, that was that was rock solid, super fun. I love seeing Tyson Pedro when he's clearly got the athleticism. He's got some fun skills. It's just been a problem for him finding the confidence. I hope that the city kickboxing is starting to click with him because, you know, I, I think his, his striking needed a big retuning and it's starting to look a little bit more like he's finally getting it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, it would be great to see him be the prospect he looked like when he first got to the UFC. And you're like, oh, this dude's like, you know, six foot three, six foot four fast just got like power and speed and some, up
2: Paul Craig on the ground.
1: Yeah. Some serious grappling chops and it could all be there. And then he got thrown way in above his, his skill level, started getting clipped up, started getting knocked out, started getting finished in his confidence, just got hurt a bunch too. And it just all took its toll. So I'm, I'm happy to see him get this win and, you know, take another step up this time. Fight somebody like Nicholas Negomarianu. I don't know mm. somebody. You know, slow down, slow down. I mean,
2: <laughs> you're like his striking is finally coming around just a little bit. Throw him in there with uh,
1: maybe well, Negamarianu. Negomarianu. Well, Negomarianu's not even top fifteen. He's just a you know, like how how far how how shallow do we want to keep Pedro out let's here? Get him out there with a the grappler.
2: That's, you know what I mean.
1: All right. Well, this was him with the grappler, so.
2: Well, yeah, let's keep that going.
1: All right. This all sake, right. So he has time
2: to mature in the stand-up. He's,
1: or the not. Man I don't is, really care. <laughs> I know. The man's 31, and he's been doing this for a decade. It it all has to be, you know, has to be hard. Some, you know, like at some point, we got to assume he's where he should be. Maybe not now, but anyway. All right. That that brings us to another light heavyweight bout and a dude who's looking really quite solid, honestly. Carlos Olberg, Daun Jung. And uh this was this was I think the th- this was a good performance from Olberg. It wasn't great. He Jung did a, I think Jung the, the Booth was giving him crap for it, but I think he fought a pretty smart fight, which is to make Olberg come to him a lot. He really stuck to his low kicks, stuck to his jab, kept pulling back, put mm-hmm. Olberg on the front foot, you know, try and get the counter striker off of his game. It still, he got blitzed and knocked on his ass in the first round, so it wasn't a perfect plan, clearly. But it kept him in a fight where, you know, like everybody else was waiting for Daewon Jung to just overextend reaching in and get clubbed with a counter. And that didn't happen. So it pulled Olberg into some different, deeper water. And the great thing to see from Olberg was he didn't get that tired. And in round three, when it seemed like his form was starting to break down and Daewon Jung was trying to turn it up a little, Ulrich went out there, hit a takedown, and just dominated positionally. Mm-hmm. Like wrecked down Jung with positional grappling. And that was beautiful.
2: No, that was phenomenal. But yeah, credit to, to Jung for doing the work he did do. Like you, yeah. you were saying, he was finding ways into the pocket inside of that range, um, but we just kind of freeze up and, and default to the leg kicks.
1: Yeah, it wasn't a great performance from him, but I could see like he didn't want to rush in and get hook, get caught with that left hook. Mm-hmm. You know, that you could see that's what he was thinking about and he basically he rarely got caught with it all fight. Yeah. Practically didn't at all. So he did a great job avoiding that. But yeah, beyond that, the the secondary game wasn't there until late in the fight when Olberg did start to get a little tired and Jung started to press things a little and olberg turned it right around like that's what you want to see from a dude who he had one of he has either totally burnt out after round one or the only other fight he had was where he uh fought the most boring fight imaginable for three rounds Mm -hmm. so to actually come on strong late for olberg it's great to see
2: well not only did he come on late um but he he also scored a knockdown in that first round. Yeah. So, you know, scoring the knockdown and not going crazy. Yep. And being able to manage that adrenaline dump in your gas tank and he was so composed and reserved and calculated out there. And that's dangerous. Yeah. I mean, that's that's really dangerous. And how about this uh going the distance? Making it to the scorecards, but then a booth review.
1: Yeah, I love that.
2: Instant replay was like, wait, we saw a tap.
1: And sure, yeah. jump yep.
2: tapped. So they
1: they called it a finish at the point of the tap. I love it. Yeah, I love
2: it. Yeah, that's uh that's a rare thing. We rarely get yeah. you know that kind of instant replay turnovers in the moment.
1: Yeah, so that's that's huge. That was cool. Love that. The it has to be said though, right now. Carlos Oldberg's call-out, that was terrible. Yeah, Dominic Reyes. Yeah, and especially, like, pumping him up. Like, oh, this is a... This is a... Former
2: title challenger. You know, he was in there with the GOAT.
1: Yeah, and you're like, okay, who's he going to mention? Like, is this, like, does he call out Jan Blahovitch? That's he what I call, thought. You know, is he calling out, like... I don't know, some volcano, Demir or something, or what is this? And yeah, and then it's it's Dominic Reyes, just like oh, and then somebody else, like somebody came on Twitter, and they made a good they made a good point while I was on Twitter. Like, hey, if if Dominic Reyes can't get called out by a fighter on the rise, then he shouldn't be in the UFC. And it's like, yeah, okay, that's fine. I don't really want to see Dominic Reyes fight right now, you know. I mean I'm not going to tell the UFC to cut him. I'm not going to tell him to retire, but it has now been multiple years since I have seen Dominic Reyes in a fight where I'm like, yeah. I am glad I saw Dominic Reyes fight.
2: Yeah. So it's um it feels like low-hanging fruit, right?
1: Yeah. It it I mean, it, it was like when uh uh, what's his name? One of the guys last week called out the loser of Justin, or no, of uh, Fiziev versus. Uh, um, oh, who's he fighting? Gamrot.
0: Mm. He was
1: like, oh, I want to fight the Fiziev Gamrot loser. Oh, it's Benoit Saint Denis. It's <laughs> like, who calls out the loser of an upcoming fight? Like, I mean, I get it. It's a very practical call out in that it's a very inside baseball kind of move to be like, oh, yeah, no, no, no. Okay, I'm set up right now. I'm here. I'm ranked. I'm in the like 20 to, you know, the the 20 to 15 range. This guy's at the bottom of the 15. He's coming off a loss. He needs a bounce back. I need to step up. We're right at the same point right now. And it's like, yeah, I get it. But. You just got a big win. I don't need to see you coming up, fight somebody coming off a crushing loss. Yeah. Or I don't want to see you calling out somebody coming off a crushing loss, even if I personally am going to be like matchmaker playing like, yeah, well, you know, maybe this winner-loser matchup here, like is coming off a loss. I want to see who fight Tyson Pedro coming off a win. That, to me, kind of, hmm. you know. I know you're you're like, eh, but that's because you don't think that Pedro can win that fight. That's why I think it's it, it, that that loser winner matchup works, you know?
2: Yeah, I just as a fan, it just feels weird seeing someone yeah. because as a fan, you kind of want to have this mindset that everybody in the UFC wants to win the belt. Exactly. And if you want to win the belt, why the fuck are you calling out a loser?
1: exactly you always should be looking for the biggest the biggest best fight that you can get like oh i want the toughest guy and it's okay your manager well you're no not the toughest okay the best no. paying the best paying well, the, be, the best paying that you know but even then at you're, as a fighter you want the fighter to always want the toughest guy now your manager your right, your right, coach your handlers, your people around you can be like, no, we want this fight, actually. yeah, That's the fight we're working for in the background. While the fighter, we see this all the time, the fighter then is out on, like, social media being like, oh, I want this dude and I want this dude and I never turned down any fights. And then, you know, like, you, got, you hear a month later two of those guys like, yeah, we offered his team that fight and they turned us down. It's like, yeah, the fighter doesn't know that though. Right. The fighter is like, oh, I want to fight everybody. And The team is like, yeah, we don't, we don't need that fight though. You yeah. know, but that's Sean O'Malley.
2: Want. Sean O'Malley laid the blueprint on how True. to get the title, uh, in you know, maybe the best, the most efficient way possible.
1: Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh let's let's jump down now. Featherweight bout, Chepe Mariscal. Jack Jenkins, and uh, credit to Mariscal, man, because I was kind of like, you know, we we're talking about this on the video. And I was like, you know, Mariscal has a fight that could—he is the kind of fight that could really beat Jack Jenkins because Jenkins is very much like a one, one or two shots at a time, real selective, real powerful, real targeted. And Mariscal is just a, he's just a dog. He's just a brawler. That's the kind of fight you got to take to somebody like that. You got to go after somebody who wants to be selective, get in their face, rough them up and all that. And it's just like, but Mariscal, he's he's a little too slow. I don't think he can really take the kind of damage that Jenkins is going to be dishing out and all that. But credit to Mariscal, because what he realized, and I think was great, is that Jenkins being so selective meant that being in the clinch with him that was a place where Jenkins was still going to be searching for that one perfect shot, and Mariscal could just be trying all sorts of stuff. Mm, those knees to the leg were just, yeah,
2: adding up. And they were they were hurting me. Yeah, you know? it was a, a very smart adjustment he made between the first yep. and second round, and uh, hitting that wizard kick, and and breaking Jenkins's arm because Jenkins posted, wow.
1: I mean, it's on the one hand, it's like oh, that's kind of a fluky injury. On the other hand, that is a direct result of the work that Mariscal was doing and working to do. Like I say, that clinch work he was doing, that that kind of building, and you saw that we saw in that fight he had against um, per, uh, Trevor Peak. Like you know, Peak would rush in all wild, and Mariscal would just like he would just hit that hip toss and slam him to the mat. That is like Mariscal's takedown. Is that kind of hip toss, kick out, takedown? And so,
2: if if Jenkins didn't verbally submit, I would have lobbied for this to be a slamming TKO.
1: Uh, yeah, it's it's a TKO to injury to me. The verbal submission thing is nonsense. Like it's a TKO via slam, TKO via injury, whatever you want to call it, it's a TKO.
2: Well, if you verbally submit, I. Uh, yeah, that is kind of weird for it to be a submission actually.
1: Yeah. Cuz you're not in a submission. Wow. You just hurt.
2: What's a submission, Zane?
1: Well, a submission would have to be a, a lock that targets a joint or a or breathing or blood flow. Right?
2: Yeah, that's why I'm saying this was like a slam. Yeah.
1: So it's an <laughs> if you kick somebody in the head and they say ow that's not submission via like head injury you know
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah nah or like if you stomp someone's knee out that's yeah that's still a tko yeah Yeah. this is this is weird
1: it should be a slam tko tko via injury
2: or it's no different than just telling the ref you can't fight anymore
1: yeah at which point it's an injury tko yeah the, the the verbal submission thing is bullshit. Like,
2: I wonder if it was like uh there was too much money on the books for for uh Chepe <laughs> by TKO. That's so they right. Had to, they had to lock it in as a submission.
1: That's right. Somebody was in Buffer's ear. even the, the official card said TKO and somebody's in Buffer's ear, like, no, no, no. Right. I I you know, we've got a hundred thousand dollars in bets on call via TKO. <laughs> But like, winner by verbal submission. <laughs> even, even, uh, Wiki right now has the result as a TKO via arm injury. But, uh, all right. Yeah. Great result from Marskall.
2: Honestly, a great, great remi- fight from him. It's, it's a great reminder that anything can happen in this. Oh, story. yeah. Excellent reminder. I mean, I hate to see it happen to, like, I think sure. is okay. Um, But the reminder that it doesn't you could be the better fighter out there. You can, you you know, it doesn't matter. Freak shit happens. You post wrong. Boom, you're done.
1: It's also a reminder, like, if you think it might hurt and you can do it, go for it. You know, it's like the the foot stomps, the leg, the knees to the thigh, all the little stuff. That's just like, oh, it doesn't really, you know, like if it might hurt somebody. You never know when yeah. it's gonna be your lucky day.
2: Dude, do you remember remember John Tuck? E- he, yes. He uh I, I think he was with Kings for a while, but he uh I think he won a UFC fight by breaking some dude's rib. He had he had someone's back.
1: back, yeah, yeah, back. yeah, 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 like yeah,
2: Kicked the he he took his heels and just kept kicking the rib over and over and ended up winning the fight like that.
1: Yeah, he, he'll kick to liver on Jake Lindsay. Yeah. Yep. Just when you got, if you got the chance, take the chance. Connor McGregor, the shoulder shrug on, on that's Cowboy right on, on Cowboy Cerrone. All right. Which now every fighter does in the clinch. They're all doing that shoulder shrug strike. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Jamie Malarkey, John McDessie, also. I got So I got a crow about this one. I feel good about this, even though the I, I scored it for McDessie. I'm, I'm assuming you did, too. Okay. But I told Connor, on the because he was like, McDessie's going to win. He, he was like, I'm picking McDessie. I'm McD- McDessie's going to win. I'm like, you know what? I think a couple of years ago, this would be a really bad matchup for Malarkey. I would pick McDessie, too. But I think Malarkey is going to win a fight that McDessie should have won. Like, I think McDessie's just going to get robbed. Right. Like Malarkey is going to squeak out a very narrow fight. It's not fight. a robbery though. Yeah, it's 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 not a robbery robbery, but it's not a
2: robbery. It's not great. Uh I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. This the, the first round was pretty close. Sure. The second round was all Mullarkey of the knockdown.
1: Yeah, that's the the the, the kicker.
2: So, you know, I can see – I can make an argument on either side. Third yeah. round was super scrappy. Um, yeah. You kind of have to edge McDessie a little bit maybe.
1: Yeah. Kind of wish a little more. I think at the end of the round, I think the biggest problem is the judges still don't score counter punching well enough. That you've got McDessie at the end of that round. Like he's got – you know, he's hitting these kicks and – He's sliding back after he hits the kicks. And then when M- Malarkey is coming forward and swinging, McDessie's right there popping these tight counters in there. And I think judges still just don't score counter punching well enough. So, I, well, you know what? Maybe I can, I can check. Let me see. McDess- I mean, there could be a little
2: home cooking going on as well. Like, I'm not going to say there isn't. Um, but it was definitely, it was a really close fight that
1: could have gone either way. Oh, that's right. It's in. Let me see. Oh, oh yeah. Here we got the scorecards. We have the scorecards for this. Uh, one judge gave Malarkey one and three. Another gave Malarkey one and two. And then another gave Malarkey one and three. So the two judges giving Malarkey round three, which is like I say, I think they're just not scoring the counterpunching in that round well enough. That that yeah. decided the fight, ultimately.
2: Yeah, maybe. Um, or they're just like, hey, it's it's so close. I don't want to hear a bunch of boos. We're going to just give the cry. I hope
1: they're never doing that. But they... no, you
2: know, that I should hope. happen, Zane. I know. I know it has Because
1: McDessie, he outstruck Malarkey in that round three, like 40 to 30. So, you know, it was... Visually, it shouldn't have been that close. Oh, the third round? Yeah.
2: I mean, not only that, but that was when that was when McDessie hit that spinning back fist that busted yeah.
1: Malarkey's nose open. Which yeah,
2: damage, yeah. which was it the is... most damage in that round.
1: Yeah, I, I don't, I, I think, I think that that I think McDesse got a little robbed.
2: Two and three for McDessie?
1: Yeah. Yeah,
2: I get it. Scrappy round. You Scrappy
1: know. round, but. That it, it, for me, round three is especially egregious to try to score for Malarkey. I for me,
2: that's I, I I was even shocked that Malarkey was fighting after just getting knocked out three months ago.
1: Yeah, there is that.
2: That was kind of weird.
1: That is a little wild. All right, uh, that brings us to a lightweight bout Nazrat Hakbarast, Landon Quinones. And this has to be. This is such a weird performance fight for Hockparast. I don't even really know what to say about it. Because like, Kanonez goes out there, starts busting his leg all up to the point that not Hockparast has to switch stances. And then from Orthodox, the whole rest of the fight, clearly not a comfortable stance for not Hock-Burast, But from Orthodox, he proceeds to box Canones up all the rest of the time. And the big reason was that because he wasn't comfortable in orthodox, he actually had to change speeds so that suddenly his left hand is power, his right hand, you know, it's not his power hand. So he's like pawing with that little short shots and then hitting a big left hook, or he's trying to jab with his left hand. He's not used to doing that. So it's like pawing with it a little bit and just kind of slapping and like not going fast and then changing things up with a power shot, whenever he gets comfortable enough deep in a combination. And then every time McDessie would go back to Southpaw, or not McDessie, but uh, Hawk Prosby Guard, Southpaw, he just would start throwing the left hand at one speed, one power over and over again, and it wouldn't land half as well. It didn't do half as well as when he was fighting out of the Orthodox stance against Ganota. It was just a really weird fight.
2: Well, it was also his coaches were having him enter. His usual way, and then switch stance yeah. to to throw, yeah. and and just that that have that that one entry coming at you and having it switch, yeah. That, that alone, just the the change there is is a big ass input. Everything changes, and you're like, oh shit! And then you got the strikes coming from a different angle. I mean, it's it's uh, it is it shows how world class Nasrat is
1: it was it was a very solid veteran tough it out performance of like oh my game got fucked yeah i got to find something else and
2: yeah. he he did what he had to do very very gritty performance and yeah. i love when when guys can make those adjustments on the fly like hey this shit yeah. is not working i'm compromised what can i do okay i have yeah. other options i have a a deep well to pull from and uh that was fantastic and i got to yep. say that That second round, holy shit. That second round was phenomenal. That was a nasty second round.
1: Yep. Great fun fight. Fun fight from Hawk Still, you know, easy. I hope he takes something away from this because when he can change his speed up a little bit, he is a much more interesting, dangerous puncher than when he's just going out there in southpaw throwing one-twos over and over at one speed and one tempo. Like... This fight, he offered so much more variation than he usually does, and when he did that, like he had Quinones all befuddled, mm-hmm. in a way that Canoas was not when it was just prost in southpaw.
2: Canoas is is inexperienced too. He is so that that was probably a big mind fuck for him yeah especially when you had so much success just for yeah to to immediately adjust to it and have an answer in real time that's got to be deflating he kept looking at the clock like halfway through the round too. like fuck we're still fighting (laughs) man and another thing that i don't this is the next factor but uh naz his second home is morocco and they just had that yeah yeah massive earthquake so that I mean, I'm not. I don't know if it played a factor, but that's got to be weighing. Certainly on him. was
1: it was probably a big factor in the like. I cannot lose to some kid right now just because he kicked my leg a bunch. Like I gotta yeah. find another way to win.
2: Botter Hardy didn't even fight.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: So, so yeah.
1: Crazy fight, fun fight, great performance from Hawk Frost. Uh, and for Canones, he showed up, he fought well, tough out. You know. Hmm. It's uh, A lot of tough debuts on this
2: card. Yeah, yeah.
1: All right, that brings us to Wealth of Weight Bout, Charlie Radke, Mike Matheta, Mike Diamond, Blood Diamond. Man, Matheta, that's tough. Yeah.
2: That's tough to say. I don't know why. Matheta. It's, mm-hmm. It sounds incomplete, maybe.
1: The list for me makes it real easy, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Blood but Diamond. uh, it sounds weird too. I don't I feel weird saying that. Mike Diamond, no, Blood Diamond. Oh, Blood Diamond because he goes by Mike Diamond actually now, mostly. Uh, okay, he, he lost the blood, but everybody still calls him Blood Diamond because that was like the weird, cool thing. Mike Diamond is not nearly as weird and cool, it's just more like
2: no, Mike Diamond sounds like a greasy car salesman or something. Yeah, yeah, or he got like the, the leather jacket with the chains for sale, yeah, yeah, and links. Um
1: but
2: uh sticky this, ugly this fight, fight. Pissed me off. this fight pissed me the fuck off this whole yeah. fight, everything about it from start to finish i just did not like it i didn't like anything about this fight i felt like um the commentary team were just sucking the diamond dick a little too hard <laughs> they weren't they weren't they were just shitting the um they were shitting on charles the whole time i'll be honest they're like, oh. What are you doing? You had success with your hands. You should separate and give this kickboxer his only chance to win. The narrative they were spitting out was ridiculous. And I felt like the machine was against them. Like, Blood Diamond got away with so many fouls, fence grabs, ball shots.
1: Oh, he's he's terrible.
2: I mean, it was... That's that spastic white belt shit that we were talking about earlier. And it was just an ugly fight, and He did what he had to do to get the win, and then he gets on the mic, and he's an asshole. And yeah, everything about this fight
1: was trash. It really was. Because to me too, I gotta say, like, but that's you know, Diamond, Mike Diamond, Blood Diamond, his game sucks, and Radke did not do anything to make it look sucky. You know, we can we can say the commentary was getting on it, getting on him too much for like trying to grapple and all that, but. It was not like it was not functional wrestling that he was getting done.
2: No, it was um wall installing.
1: It was it was pure wall install. It was just ugly in every way possible. And then yeah, he he
2: <laughs> What'd he say? What'd he say,
1: Zane? <laughs> oh shit yeah no he yeah then right getting out there and calling all the audience a bunch of you know getting into the 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 slurs and all that it's just like man just and then of course too like the weirdest thing is to to me the weirdest thing is to then go out and issue the like two paragraph apology right afterward did he yeah it's just like what is this bullshit, man? You said that with your whole chest in the moment. There was not a bit of you that was like, oh, I don't know. Maybe I should say this. Maybe I shouldn't. You were screaming it at people. Like, you, you turned around and being like, that's not me. I'm not that guy. It's like, uh-huh. He's exactly. Sure, Chuck.
2: But it's like, like, you're that guy in victory. Yeah, too. Yeah. (laughs) What do you like when you lose? (laughs) Yeah. Uh
1: Anyway. Uh, For that, Gabriel Miranda, Shane Young, and man, Shane Young is in a bad place. I mean, A, awesome fight for Gabriel Miranda. No notes. Flawless victory. Flawless victory. But like, Shane Young is the first real fighter Gabriel Miranda has beat. And this is like a 25 fight career for Gabriel Miranda of sure. pure can crushing.
2: Well, not a bad way to bring up a prospect, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And Apparently. uh Yeah, a sub 1 minute uh finish. Like come on.
1: He I mean Miranda he, he he is he is the Brazilian Derek Minner, you know. It's that like, one hundred percent balls to the wall from moment one. I am going to try and throw some wild submission at you. Are you ready for it? And Shane Young just was absolutely not ready for it at all.
2: No, this was a beautiful steamrolling.
1: Yep. I don't think first sub it. loss of a uh, Young's career. No, I, Young didn't do anything.
2: I wonder if uh did Miranda get a performance bonus for that?
1: Uh, I hope he did. I haven't uh, oh bonuses went to Strickland and Taffa. Fight of the night went to Cop and Dos Santos.
2: Wow, that sucks. So- yeah, strangle someone in 59 seconds, and you don't get a performance bonus. Well, at least he got 30% of Young's purse.
1: Yeah, you got that performance bonus.
2: Man, that sucks for Young. He he's walking away with 70% of his purse, and he's got to pay all his coaches and everything else.
1: And he's lost four straight fights, and he's the first city kickboxing fighter in the UFC to ever miss weight. Mm. And Not a good look. Yeah, it's just all bad news for Young right now, man. Feel for the guy. He's talked about mental health stuff a lot, so I hope that he's not going through it because that's a rough place to be in. All right, and uh, finally we wrap up the card. Kevin Keith Kiefer Crosby, Juicy K. I think we got to go from from here on out. Juicy K.
2: Juicy K. Sure. Juicy
1: K. Kiefer Crosby, and uh, yeah, you know my my feeling going into this was you, you if you're taking like. You know, C tier city kickboxing, and you're matching it against C tier SBG Ireland. I know who I'm taking every single time,
2: hundred percent. And
1: it's not SBG Ireland. No, and what
2: sucks is SBG Ireland. I think Conor McGregor, right? So GCK comes out, and he was just looking stiff as a board, stiff as yeah. wood. <laughs> and all I can hear is Conor's voice in my head saying how stiff he looks. Just a bunch of stiffness and solo jabs and solo leg kicks, Um, but I I did like how it abruptly ended with the submission. I thought that was pretty dope.
1: Yeah, solid performance from from Jusei. All things considered,
2: and an awesome call out. Called out Ian Gary. Not Not going to get
1: get that fight. Yeah, no, doesn't matter.
2: He's trying. He's reaching.
1: Yep, exactly. It's at least it's a better it's a better call out than than fucking uh, Dominic Reyes, you know. Sure. Oh, infinitely better. <laughs> yeah. The
2: poor Crosby man. He tried to hit that step over. He tries to hip toss a fucking judo black belt and get strangled for it. <laughs> not a not a yeah move there from Crosby. Absolutely. All oh, right. Uh, how about the fucking uh what fight was it that had the for the 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 round ended, and instead of a bell, we got a coat. Oh,
1: horn. Yeah, we got the Honda driving up. I think that was this one. It <laughs> was no, no, no. It was it was the that Mateta fight. That was the first fight that had a bell. The other two didn't. So yeah, yeah was- they had the like the the like bicycle, like the huh, huh, kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> clown, the clown horn. Yeah.
2: Did you uh? What fight during the Malarkey fight? Did you get the blue screen of death on your stream? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, me too. What was yeah. that about?
1: Technical diff- <laughs> difficulty. Tony Ferguson tripped over a cord backstage. Ah, that
2: son of a bitch. Yeah.
1: All right. On that note, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, we're going to actually bounce over to our Substack or Substack and record a little bonus content. So if you're a subscriber, that'll be coming at you later tonight.
0: To access the bonus content of this show, you must be a paid subscriber. To do that. Go to bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com and subscribe today. Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Podcast production. Subscribe at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com Give us your email and receive notifications when your favorite shows drop straight into your inbox we are also found on a wide variety of podcast outlets. Just search for Bloody Elbow Podcasts and you will get new shows throughout the week, including the MMA Bunker and MMA Tete-A-Tete shows with Kid Nate, the Level Change Podcast, the Hey, Not the Face Podcast, the MMA Vivisection Main Card and Prelims UFC Preview Shows, the Sixth Round Post-Fight Show, the Show Money Podcast, and the MMA Depressed Us.